Welcome to It Just Makes Sense. A podcast by two easily distracted, higher educated former lovers that explores all of the unpopular opinions, conspiracy theories, and cult leaders that make you want to scream, It, it Just, just makes, makes Sense. I'm Sam Smith. And I'm Jeff. excuse me. And I'm Jeff Seifert. <laughs> <laughs> Burpee McBurper. And this man. week, I'm taking back the reins. And I'm covering the Netflix documentary, Sins of Our Mother, uh, about Lori Vallow. Did you know about her? She's also known as the Doomsday Mother on 2020. I, I never heard about her. I watched the first episode of this series, okay. and I wasn't enthralled. So I'm really hoping that maybe you can ring me back. I thought it was so good. It's just, I will Even admit, the first episode? Yeah. I feel like nothing I happened. will say... There's a lot of characters, a lot are, of movie yeah, parts. So yeah. it's going to be hard to kind of like keep up with because there's a lot going on. All right. But it's the more you get into it, the more you're like, what the fuck? Seriously? Yeah. And so I had heard about this, but I never like really followed it. I just like saw things about it. Like I knew her kids had gone missing. I knew like she wasn't saying where they were. Like that was about it. Okay. I didn't know the full extent of it. So the more I like dove into it, the more I was like, oh, bitch is unwell. <laughs> bitch is crazy. Yeah. Most super <laughs> religious people are. Sorry. So we start off with the police arriving to a home and they're asking a gentleman what's going on. He responds with he hasn't been able to get a hold of his kids. So this first scene is kind of like foreshadowing because they go back to it. So like it starts off kind of like further along and then they dial it back and explain how they got to that first scene. So it's a guy talking to the police. He's like, I haven't been able to get a hold of my kids. They're 16 and uh, six and a half and he tells the police like I don't know what's going on but my my ex-wife has lost her mind and I think like I think that she's gonna try to harm them she's threatened to murder me she's threatened like my life I don't know what's happening so the police go up to the house and break open the doors and you just hear someone say oh my god and then it just goes black and you're kind of like what's happening and then we meet Colby Ryan. So Colby was sitting at home when two detectives knock on his door and ask if he's Colby Ryan. He says yes. And he asks, they ask him if he knows where Tylee or JJ are, which are his sister and younger brother. He's super confused because he's like, I have no idea. Like, why are you asking? Are they missing? What's going on? So he calls his mom and his mom's like, "Ugh, don't worry about it. Um, I can't t- talk about it right now, but I'll deal with it. Everything's fine. The kids are fine. I love you. Bye. And then she just like hangs up. And when he tries to call back again, because he thought that was a really weird response, yeah. the phone's just dead. Like out of service dead? Yeah. Like mm. gone. So then he gets an email from his mom that says like, I love you. Just know we're safe. We're okay. And like that's kind of where this whole saga starts. All right. Because you're kind of like, what? What, what is, is going that? on? So who is Lori Vallow, who is the mom of Colby, and what happened to her two children, JJ and Tylee? So Lori was born to a family of four. She had two brothers, Alex and Adam, and then Lori. Alex and Adam are going to play a huge part in this whole story. So remember those names. It gets really confusing because they're very similar. But they're not twins. They're just two brothers of Lori, Alex and Adam. They're Lori's brothers. Correct. Got it. And then Summer comes along after Lori. So Summer's the youngest. 
Summer's nowhere in this story whatsoever, so I don't know what happened to that bitch. She's not involved. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but they were a big family. They had a, they loved to have a ton of fun. They were raised Mormon. And her we mom just got a Mormon theme this that's week. That's what I'm saying. And her mom remembers Lori always loving the scripture. She took to the scriptures right away and she tried to live a life by the church. Just like Samantha Calabria. Uh, honestly, the more sometimes when I listen to this and like listen to as she's talking, I was like that could have been me. <laughs> <laughs> Lori got married right out of high school, but that first marriage didn't last long. She got divorced, and then she had her son Colby at 22. She got married to Colby's father, but it was an abusive relationship, and she didn't want her son to be in that environment. So she left shortly after they got married. Then she met her third husband, Joe Ryan. Their courtship happened pretty quickly. Colby was around four or five when they first met Joe, and he moved in right away. Colby was excited because he just wanted to be in a big, fun family. And Lori started to become the perfect mom. She got pregnant with a little girl named Tylee, and Tylee was super adorable, and Colby absolutely adored her. They both kind of felt like they finally had the family that they always wanted. Now you say she got pregnant. Like, it was his child? Yeah, Joe Ryan's child. Okay. Yep. Shortly after Lori had Tylee, she entered the Mrs. Texas pageant. Really? <gasps> Remember when we met Mrs. USA? Oh, my God. Yes. But anyways, um, she was so, after having two kids, this bitch strutted across the stage. Yeah, she's She gorgeous. looked so good. She's so pretty. Yeah, she's very cute. Yes. They also what was so annoying is they didn't say where what she plays. They just said she was in the pageant. Why would you even bring it up? Why don't they show that one on TV? It's just Miss Universe. Oh yeah, like Miss, Miss USA. USA. Yeah, you mean know. why don't they show the Mrs. Texas pageant? Or they're the Mrs. USA. Oh yeah. Wow, that's some kind of bullshit. Donald Is Trump's... there a Mrs. USA? Yeah, that that instructor won it. Oh yeah. Oh right. I thought you were talking about when we met Miss whatever in the gay pride parade oh no 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 <laughs> the hit instructor ub yes the cosby accuser. yes the cosby accuser yeah. she was great mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they so they don't say where she placed on this pageant but they do show her on the wheel of fortune yeah. but her telling of the story so this is where you start to be like oh this bitch is cuckoo. she's a little crazy a little cuckoo she says that um, the Wheel of Fortune, the reason why she went on is because God told her that she was going to be on the Wheel of Fortune and God made it come true. Well, I mean, I mean, there you go. She believes in scripture. So Colby is being interviewed and he says he remembers Joe being a sweet person in the beginning of the marriage. But then he wasn't sure if like Joe started to get annoyed with him as a little kid, but everything Colby did was annoying to him. And it just seemed to get worse and worse. Joe would punch him, criticize him, and Lori didn't do really anything at first to protect him. But she also told a friend that Joe was abusing her, but she couldn't leave him. And then Colby drops another bombshell. What? Said he remembers telling his mom about the sexual abuse. Mm. He was eight years old. He didn't know how to explain, but Colby told his mom what Joe did to him. And he said that she didn't really respond, which made him feel like he had done something wrong. Okay. Um, How old was he when he told her? Eight. Oh, okay. 
So then we get a voiceover recording of Lori. They had so many like recordings of her, which was kind of wild. But she must have said at one point to someone because they have this recorded. It was at this point that she turned her life over to the temple. She'd been married to someone who was awful, who had raped her children, and she was going to murder him. She couldn't take it anymore. So she met with her bishop and she said, I'm either going to turn my life to the temple or I'm going to commit murder. And at that point, she had nothing to lose. She either wanted to stop the bleeding and stop the pain or like turn her life over to God. Okay. So then the story, like the documentary gets a little like kooky because Lori's brother, Adam. So remember Alex and Adam Mm -hmm. was apparently a stand up comic. Interesting. And he was doing a set about how he had found out that his sister's ex-husband was a pedophile and how he took a stun gun to him and discharged it into his nutsack. Yeah, I saw that part. (laughs) Like for A, good for you for doing that. B, it was kind of, it was just like awkward that it was like part of his stand-up comedy routine, I felt like. I mean, I know they take it from like their experiences in their life. Yeah. But I feel like Lori say you could talk about it did you not like i feel like they made it seem awkward in the documentary uh, like you know what i mean yeah because he said why he did it yeah, yeah okay i guess i understand why you think it would right? be awkward okay but i uh, and i also feel like they made it seem awkward in the documentary the way they placed it in there but anyways, uh, i didn't really feel like it. really I, I felt like it was out of place yes that's what i mean it, i felt like it didn't really go with the it flow didn't really of the add whole anything to the yeah story. like it it wasn't it was necessary like, but yeah right. yeah i agree so now it's 2006. I do think that one of the reasons why they probably put it in there was to show how close Alex was to Lori. Oh, that's going to like okay. play into it later. So now it's 2006 and Lori has left Joe, which like good for her. And Colby, her and Tylee are kind of moving place to place, school to school, church to church until she meets Charles. He King was Charles? Southern and charming. Charles joined the church because of Lori, and he quit drinking. He was committed to being Mormon. And then they got married. Charles was financially secure, which was also like a perk to Lori. Sure was. But he also had three sons. So when the entire family got together, they formed a huge unit of five kids. And in 2013, they adopted JJ. So JJ was the son of Charles's nephew. So Kay Woodcock is Charles's sister, and she had a son who couldn't take care of a baby. So Charles and Lori ended up adopting him. JJ has autism, so they knew that he was going to struggle with things, um, like pretty much through his whole life. Yep. But like the family adored him, and everyone was like obsessed with him, so he fit in really well within the family. Yeah, it was cute. Yeah. Wasn't Colby really close to yes. him? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As time went on and the LDS church became a bigger part of the family life, Colby started to notice that slowly, like, all of the artwork and photos around the house were being replaced with photos of temples. Lori then claims that she was in a ceiling room in the church, and a sister angel came and kissed her on the cheek and then left through the wall. But once that happened, she heard the voice of God, and he told her to move to Kauai in Hawaii. So in December of 2014, the family had been in Kauai now for about three years. So they moved like right away and they stayed for a while. How crazy is that? Right? To say like the voice of God told me we have to move to Kauai. 
I'm like, all right, let's go. Also, it's like wild. Like, talk about privilege. The fact well, that they, they could, could just, just pick up that. and move I know. there. How you rich know what were I mean? They? Like, yeah. Yeah. So in December, oh, they had been there for three years and it was complete paradise. Kobe and Lori felt like it was a payoff for all of the tragedy and struggle that they had gone through to make it to that point. So, like, they kind of viewed it as like they went through the horrible things with Joe. They went through these horrible divorces, but they're finally like reached the part of their life that right. they could enjoy. Okay. Then we meet April Raymond, who was a friend of Lori's while she lived in Hawaii and belonged to the same church as her. At the time, April was a single mother, and she said in the church, there's a lot of stigma around divorce. So she was happy to have met Lori, who like has been married four times now. <laughs> so, <laughs> And to her, Lori and Charles looked like they had the ideal marriage. And so April was excited to grow closer to her. But then April said once Lori and her got very close and she was with Lori alone, Lori would complain about Charles a lot. Well, and how is that really that unusual? I mean, it's not that unusual. But she was saying how she didn't see Charles as her spiritual equal. And it was a huge point of contention in their marriage. Oh, Charles felt like he was always playing catch up and trying to understand the scripture and the spiritual studies that Lori wanted him to. But Lori really wanted a spiritual equal and a partner. And Charles was just holding her back. Just like kind of crazy. That's her belief. Yeah. But like, isn't one of the whole things about religion, like educating people, getting them to see the Lord like you. Want to know a chant we used to say? What? You have to find a friend, be be a friend, bring a friend to Christ. Well, Lori didn't follow that. I know. So her beliefs are starting to become a lot more extreme. She claimed that she had a personal encounter with the angel Moroni and that she had angelic ministry with him all of the time. Like she said, she was in constant conversation with Moroni. She said she doesn't have to sleep much anymore because she's being woken up constantly by angels, giving her instructions on things that she can do to further the thought, the Lord's work. People thought that maybe her beliefs were just a way to feel belonging and a sense of identity. But like I put my own notes here, like no one thought to maybe say, bitch, if you're hearing voices from angels, like maybe we need to discuss a psych hold like maybe we need to think about like is this really happening is it not people tend to believe what they want to believe they probably believe that she really was seeing angels well like like her son was kind of like what i don't think he believed this much like he was like she seems unwell yeah yeah so then Lori decides that they have to go back to arizona there i'd be pissed i'd be like you're taking me out of hawaii we've been here for three years Why are we moving back to Chandler, Arizona? Seriously. You know? But Colby met a girl named Kelsey there, and they fell in love. Adorable. He started going to Christian church with Kelsey and blasphemy church. And Lori freaked out that Colby was leaving the Mormon church. She was always competing with Kelsey for Colby's attention. And Kelsey said that once they got engaged, Lori started acting more and more bizarre and weird. Even at the wedding, when they went to go do a family photo, they found out later that Lori let Tylee and JJ leave because she was like, they wanted to go hang out with friends. So now they don't have like a family photo at the wedding. Like she did things to purposely like sabotage them. 
Didn't, didn't Tylee go to like a, on a camping trip or something like that? Yeah. Like so, a ski something, trip. Yeah, something like something bizarre. bizarre. Like, what a bitch. Right? But Lori was getting more depressed and paranoid. She kept talking about the end times and how to survive it. She was buying large stocks of like water and food to have a stockpile to prepare for the second coming of Jesus Christ. Then we have a recording again about how she's getting her people to gather to meet the second coming of Jesus. Okay. And then her brother, Alex, remember the stand-up comic? Yep, that's that's Alex. Yes. He started to come around more often, and Lori and him started listening to some podcasts together. They even joined a podcast group with members from this podcast, and it was run by a woman named Melanie Gibb who hosted it. So now... They have like recordings of Melanie and Lori when Lori was a guest on this podcast. And it kind of starts off with like, welcome. We want everyone to feel the fire today, the heavenly fire, so you can be encompassed in his love. And Lori kept getting like more and more friends from this podcast. And it seemed to be talking more about like the end times, like the world is ending. Um. We are going to be its ultimate survivors because we believe in the works and the words of jesus christ of latter-day saints of latter-day saints and then there were conferences that she started to go to so at one of the conferences they had an offer the author there made chad daybell okay who was there to promote his books where he writes about his two near-death experiences the conference was called preparing the people and Lori met chad at this conference The two of them chatted the entire time and started to develop a connection. Chad even shared with her that in past lives, the two of them had been married before. (gasps) What do you, okay, if you met someone, like the first time you meet them and they say to you, like, I just want to let you know in our past lives, we've been married. Funny you should say that. Why? They happened to you? No, but a friend of mine who I'm relatively close with just told me recently that she was murdered in a previous life by an aquatic man on in the on the ocean or something like that like someone in one of those suits said that she said that he she was stabbed and that's why she's afraid of the water like how does she know this did someone know. tell her like she a medium she's or like known it i'm like oh all right interesting do you think she's well like i want someone to read my past lives i think that's like a thing yeah yeah so i don't know i guess i could kind of believe it it. sure yeah i think i was a gay man in my past life agreed 100 percent. okay so any whoosies so now who is chad daybell there's so many characters in this goddamn story this guy's an author he's an author and he's also a mormon he served an lds mission in new jersey Jersey. And on his mission, he set all sorts of baptismal records. People fucking loved Chad. Really? Yeah. But he returns from his mission, and that's when he went cliff diving. Okay. And that's when he had his first near-death experience, because he was struck against the cliffs. He claims he was knocked unconscious. When he came to, that's when he could start to see beyond the veil and bring back visions from the future. What did he bring back? Visions from the future. I don't. He doesn't say what. Visions of what? But he now believes that he has the power to be a prophet. So Tad and Chad and 
Chad and Tammy, who is Chad's wife, met, like, Chad met Tammy shortly after he, like, got these powers. Okay. She's a little bit more lively and vivacious than Chad. They have five kids. They have a great marriage. And it's when he started writing books and and attending conferences that he kind of, like, got enough money and started his own publishing company to spread his word to others. So he's kind of like building up his power. Building up the empire. Right. So then we meet Julie Rowe, who was interviewed for this documentary. Jesus. She was Estonia people. She was a part of Chad's publishing company, and she claims to also have prophetic visions and believes that we are in the final days before Jesus comes. The last final days. Julie said that when she met Chad, you know, he was kind of like dorky, a little bit chubby, wore dad jeans. But she said he had all of these prophetic visions and he would talk to her and tell Julie that he could view people and see how many past lives they've had and whether oh. they had a light spirit or a dark spirit. Ooh, I want to know. Right? I want to know. But Chad believed that there was going to be an apocalypse and that there was going to be 144,000 chosen people who would survive it and create the new Jerusalem. Do they say why that that number? Mm -mm. Interesting. Chad moved his family to Rexburg, Idaho. Why? Because he believed that's where the new Jerusalem would be. Interesting choice. (laughs) He was going to be the new Jesus Christ and his books were going to be the scripture. His, he wanted his books to be more important than the Book of Mormon. Lori was reading his books, and she too comes to believe that his books are the words of God. And she is in love with Chad. Interesting. The 144,000 number comes from uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, really? Yeah. 144,000 faithful Christians from Pentecost of 33 AD until the present day will be resurrected to heaven as immortal spirits. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. But he believed that they were going to survive and not die. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I just find it interesting that 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 number is present there too. Right. Huh. So Lori is obsessed and in love with Chad. But at this point, Chad is still married to Tammy. And Lori is still married to Charles. Lori needs to settle down. I can't. Fucking homewrecker. And Lori's family said that once she met Chad, Lori completely changed. Okay, here's the thing, too. Um, Lori's hot, okay? She is Bombshell. And I'm not saying that Chad's wife isn't hot or wasn't hot, but she ain't no Lori. So... I could see why Chad, if a woman like Lori started talking to him, why he would like. Oh, because he was frumpy dumpy. Yes. Frumpy dumpy. They both kind of were a little frumpy dumpy. Uh. So I could see if it was like, oh, my God, this hot woman is messaging me. I'm going to answer. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not that it's okay. I get it. But. Humans be humans. Yes. So now at this point, Lori is now telling people that her husband, Charles, is already dead. And there's a demon living inside of him. Wait. So she believes Charles' soul is dead and that a oh, demon has taken over his but he's body. Still, oh, got it. Got it. Right. I understand. And she was going to get a call any day that the demon was going to die. She was just waiting for this to happen. And the demon's name is Ned. <laughs> Ned Flanders. <laughs> like, this whole thing is getting like wild. wild. 
So then Colby calls his mom and he says that she claimed on the phone that Charles has been cheating on her for years. Fucking Charles. And he has all of these girls that he's been spending all of his money on and instead of spending money on her. So Colby called Charles and was like, what the fuck is going on? Are you cheating on my mother? Like, what's happening? Charles was super upset and was like, Colby, something's wrong. He's like, I haven't been cheating on your mom, but she's gone over the edge. She's fucking insane. And Colby, who like hadn't really been around um, much because he's like older. He found his own love. He's having his, his own family. Inquil and the Christian right. pen, whatever it's called. But he's like, okay, what the fuck's happening? He felt like it seemed almost like Charles was saying this because he was guilty. So, like, he was uh, having these affairs and he's spinning it on his mom. Like, like proje- I'm having projecting. an affair. Your mom's fucking crazy. She thinks I'm a demon. Like, you know what I mean? Right. So, he's like, okay, Charles, you're insane. So, then, Charles started emailing everyone in the family asking for help. Like, he started emailing Lori's mom, Lori's brothers, their sisters. He said Lori had gone off the deep end and that she was claiming that she was a god. And Colby was kind of like, fuck off, Charles. Stop bringing me into the drama. I don't want to be a part of this. And just like stopped reading his emails and started deleting all of them. Good luck. So Charles started emailing everyone in Lori's family that she had gone off the deep end and claiming that she was a god. Lori's mom was like, I don't believe this either. It sounds like you're trying to make up stories, Charles. Because like, what do you believe? Like, you know what I mean? Like, if someone were to email you and say, Sam's gone off the deep end. She thinks she's a god and that I'm a demon. What would you think? I probably would believe Cam. Well. Uh, you know, I, I'd hide his body. But if he told me that somehow you got really religious again and thought that you were a god, <laughs> I, I could totally see it. Like you met someone at F45 and like they're really religious and you got deep into it again. I could see it. Actually, I could too. Yeah. All right, fine. Well, these people were not having it. <laughs> they were like, you're insane. Stop it. But then Lori starts texting her family, like, please do not answer the phone if Charles calls you. We are in a big argument, and he's looking for people to be on his side. Thank you so much. Love you all. Kisses, Lori. So now it's January 30th, 2019. Charles is on a trip for work to California. Lori cancels his flight home and has her brother Alex remove Charles's truck from the airport parking lot. Really? Like, they show a text from Lori to Alex that says the key is inside, up on the dash, along with the tickets, and there's $100 cash in the glove compartment and a full tank of gas. But, like, what is happening? How strange. So then Alex went to the house and removed all of Charles' shit, his clothes, his computers, takes all of his stuff out of his house, his clothes, his computers, and Charles calls Lori's mom, like, pissed off. He's like, what the fuck is going on? Give me my shit back. What is happening? So that's when Charles calls the police, and we're back kind of at that beginning. That's what that 911 call was. Like, he called the police because he showed up at his house to get his truck back. His kids aren't there. Like, he wants to know what's going on. So that's when he's telling the police, like, this woman thinks that she's a part of this 144000 who's going to be saved by God. She had emptied their bank account. She had stolen his truck. Like, he's like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. So the police are like, but do you think she's a danger to herself or others? Like, why do you think she's crazy? And that's when he says, like, she threatened to kill me because she believes that I'm not her husband, but a devil named Ned Schneider. 
(laughs) (laughs) And that no one will care if I'm dead. And that's where we left off when, like, the police went in and kicked down the doors and walked in. And we heard an, oh, my God. Got it. But, like, what did they find? What? Absolutely, literally fucking nothing. Like, why did they say, oh, my God? There was nothing in the house. It was completely empty. It looked like no one lived there. There was, like, a mattress on the floor. And that was it. How bizarre. Right. So, the police are, like... Okay, there's nothing we can do. She legally has the right to take the kids. She did nothing wrong. See you later, loser. Essentially. But, like, I would be like, she canceled my flight. She stole my shit. Like, how is this legal? Press charges. Right. So, Charles knew that JJ had school the next day. So, he goes to the school when he knows that Lori's going to drop JJ off and finds Lori's there. Finds Lori there. He reaches into her car and takes the keys out so she couldn't, like, leave and grabs her phone from the dashboard, which seems a little extreme. Who keeps their phone on the dashboard? I know. Weird. Not me. But anywho, so he calls the police and he's like, I have my wife here or, like, my ex-wife here. She has my stuff, like, all this stuff. But Lori had an extra set of keys in the car. Takes off. off. Took off. See you later, sucker. So then Lori's like, fuck you. I'm going to cut you off the knees. She goes to the police department herself with Tylee and Melanie Gibbs from that podcast group. Yeah. And they, she goes in. She's like completely calm, super like, I came off like normal, charming, fine. And she was like, I'm so sorry. I had an argument with my husband on the phone. I found out that he had been cheating on me. So I told him not to come home. And I canceled his flight. I told him that all of his shit would be gone by the time he got back. His card be gone. Um, like, bye. Don't cheat on me. If you want to be with your woman, then you can stay out there in California with them. And like in my head, I was kind of like, hmm. all right, Lori. Yeah. Go, girl. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I'm kind of like, well, all right. But is he really cheating? Right. And she kind of like chuckles and be like, I knew he would be mad. So I took the kids to the hotel for the night. That's why like when he got home, we weren't there because I knew he would show up like pissed off. So the next day I brought my kids to school and that's when Charles like took her purse and phone out of the car. So like she's super personable in this interview. She doesn't come off crazy. She doesn't say anything about like him being a demon. Jesus, nothing. Right. Yeah. So the cops are like, okay, so what's like, what do you want us to do? And she kind of chuckles is like, "Mm, if you can get my purse back, that'd be great. (laughs) <laughs> like I hate being without my chapstick. <laughs> Is that really what you said? Yeah, yeah. And like Tylee seemed fine. Everything, everyone was like laughing and calm. There was no talks of Charles being a demon. It was the most bizarre thing I ever saw. Wow. So then Charles was on his way with her purse and committal paperwork from a doctor to have her committed for an evaluation for an in-person no in-person evaluation. So. This is so crazy. The police, like, Charles called the police and was like, okay, I'm on my way. I'm going to drop off the purse, but I have this paperwork to get her committed because she, she's insane. So they know she's coming, and they release Lori before Charles gets there, even though they know he's on the way. And in the video of the interview, you see Lori being like, okay, but, like, do I have to go if they have this committal paperwork? Are the police going to find me and, like, bust down my door to take me? And the police say... We won't bust down your door. We'll knock. So if you see a police officer knock at your door, just talk to them through the door. Don't open it if you don't want to go because then they can't take you. Oh, uh, what? So they told her how to avoid it. Correct. And he's like, 
the police says, just talking to you, you don't seem to be a danger to yourself or others. So the police eventually what? told her, and they're, it's, however, they kind of talked to her after that, like, look, if he is coming with this committal paperwork, rather than, like, us having to then go and try to find you, knock on your door, it'd be easier if you would just go for a psyche value yourself. Like, just go in for, like, an evaluation. And clearly, or she's sociopathic and can just talk her way out of it. Right. So she goes for a psych eval. Oh, she does? Yeah, she went and get one. She didn't get committed. They're like, nope, she's good to go. Have a nice day. So then her family's even like, okay, Charles, she literally went for an eval. She's completely normal. Why are you being such a bully? What's next? So they interviewed Lori. They interviewed Charles. And everyone thought that they were fine, normal. But clearly things were not okay between the two of them because they get separated, which like... (sighs) Duh. Didn't see that coming. There's a shocker. So Charles is gone. He moves out of the house, but he would come once a week to see JJ and take care of him. So he was still very close with JJ. Okay. Um. So now it's July 2nd, 2019. And Charles sees an email from his email they had never sent with his name on it. And he knew nothing about it. So he was like super confused. He's like, how, first of all, someone must have like hacked into my email. Like, what is this email? How did it get sent? So he reaches out to Adam, Lori's brother. Yeah. And asks him if he could send him the email to to see if he knew what was going on. Apparently, Lori had written an email as Charles saying that he wanted to write a book about his experience playing minor league baseball, which like, I guess he did. And he, she sent it to Chad to see if they could meet to talk about publishing his book. So what it was was an email to Chad from Charles so that Chad had a reason to go to Arizona to meet Charles when really he was going to meet Lori. Uh, so if his wife saw it, he would never know that he was cheating on Lori. Oh, that's pretty crafty. Isn't that I crazy? I so myself. I'm like, oh he's, my god, he's tricky Mormons, right? So Charles, email Charles is like, not on my fucking watch. Blows he it right. Emails off. Chad's wife Tammy and tells her about the affair, and then texts Lori and tells her that he's gonna talk to Tammy in person if he has to, or by email or text. So be prepared, your game is up. The jig is up, bitch. And Lori's like. Pfft. You're wasting your time. We're all friends. Get over me and get out of my life. That's Lori. Something else. So at this point, even so Adam is Lori's brother who's like the normal one, okay. not Alex, the one who listened to the podcast with her um, and essentially supporting her delusions. Adam thinks that Lori's crazy. And Lori has essentially stopped talking to him. So Adam is like, listen, Charles, I'm going to help you in any way that I can. I want to try to have an intervention with her to figure out what the fuck's happening. So Charles flies Adam out to try to talk to Lori. Okay. So Adam flew out to Arizona and Lori sends a text to Alex and says, you have to stay close to me this weekend. They're planning something. I can feel some kind of intervention. And Alex responds, okay, fine. We have to get rid of Ned already. Which Ned is the demon, remember? <gasps> so now, Charles was supposed to pick up JJ that weekend from Lori's house in Arizona around 7.30 a.m. He was going to take him to school, drop him off, and then pick him up later. Okay. When he gets to Lori's house... 
Guess who's there? Ned. Alex. Charles is Ned. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Lots of names. I'm sorry. And then you hear some gunshots. <gasps> and then a 911 call. Alex is on the phone and he says, uh, I just got into a fight with my brother-in-law and I shot him. He's dead. Oh, my God. Oh my what? God. On the phone, the 911 operator asks him if he wants to do CPR. And he's kind of like, no, I don't know how. And the CPR or the 911 operator is like, okay, I'll walk you through it. Here's how you do it. This is what you have to do. Doubtfully did it. He says that his sister is taking um, her son to school and that it was just him at home. The cops arrive and he's arrested on the spot. But like what is so weird is that when the again, when they go into this house, it's like completely empty. Like no one lives there. It's the most bizarre thing. Huh. Like, no one seems to acknowledge that either. Like, why is there just a mattress on the ground? Like, what is happening if these people it's live like in this house? like a trap house. Right. Anyways. No one's... And no one acknowledged it in the documentary either. So, it's just my own thoughts. Like, why is it like that? This was the rational brother or the comedian? The comedian. Okay. Got it. So, Alex claims that Charles came at him with a bat. So, he had to shoot him. But, like, in the meantime, which we didn't know... Lori had been at the house when Charles got there. She took his rental car and left. Huh? She took JJ to Burger King to get breakfast and then to school. And it was after she left with JJ that Alex shot him. And then she returned home in his rental car. The whole thing is like so bizarre. Also, it is bizarre that Lori arrives home with Tylee and there's cops like everywhere right because by the time they get there the cops have like shown up to the house her brother's handcuffed on the curb he has a cut on his head that's like bleeding and she just like pulls in is like smiling like hey telling the police she just moved in three weeks ago so that probably explains why the house is empty blah 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 blah. but she never once says like what's going on like is everyone okay this seems crazy she's just like hi that's my house what a psycho. Like, I'm Tyler. Like, what? So she seemed, like, ready for this to happen, which clearly she probably Set was. Yeah. So now Lori's telling the police that Charles went to her house that morning to pick up JJ for school. He was going to drop her off and pick him up later. He went to go put JJ in the car, and he left his phone in the house. Lori said she went into his phone and saw things in there that upset her. What? Doesn't say what. When he came back to get his phone, they got into a fight and she refused to give his phone back. So their fighting woke Alex up and and it woke up Tylee. Tylee ran out with a bat because she thought that she was had to protect her mom. But Alex got Tylee and Lori to leave the house with JJ. And that's when Alex and Charles kind of got into a fight. He claims that Charles went after him with the bat that Tylee had left. So he shot him. Hmm. Lori tells police when she was leaving the house, she heard gunshots, but she just took off because she had to get JJ to school. Wait. She heard gunshots and just took off? Mm-hmm. So wait. Then Alex calls her while she's in the drive-thru of Burger King or McDonald's, wherever she was, and was like, hey, are you taking JJ to school? And she's like, yeah, I guess you should call the police now, huh? What? What? So the police say, well, this looks like a self-defense shooting. Charles was attacking you and he was protecting himself. So they just let him go. No 
way. Yeah, way. But then we learn later on, he called 911 43 minutes after he called Lori to be like, you're dropping JJ off at school. And she said, call the police. He never tried to perform CPR on Charles. And the second shot was done after Charles was already laying on the ground. And he Mm. was shot two to three times. So the other third shot was literally after he was dead. Murder, bitch. Murder. This doesn't sound like self-defense to me. Not one bit. So listen to this is where it gets even. This whole thing is so crazy. So then Lori called her son Colby and said, just so you know, Charles, Charles died this morning. He came over to get JJ and had a heart attack and died. So she lied about it like it wasn't going to come out. And was like super shaken up because he's like, okay, this was like one of my only father figures. How is Tylee? How is JJ? Are they okay? Like he was super uneasy about it. So he immediately drove over to his mom's house so he could be like, what's, are you okay? What's going on? When he gets there, he sees his uncle Alex on the couch with like a bandage around his head. And Tylee, like, walks into the room and, like, cries and falls into him. And he says, like, Tylee, what is happening? What's going on? And she says, Charles and Uncle Al got into a fight and Uncle Al shot him. And then Alex confirmed this. And Colby's like, what "What the the fuck? fuck is happening? Like, why did mom lie to me about it? What's going on? So now, shortly after that, Lori texts Charles's sons. Remember his three sons oh, yeah, from yeah, his yeah, first yeah. marriage. She texts Charles's sons and they show the text in the documentary. This is what she fucking said, word for word. Hi, boys. I have very sad news. Your father passed away yesterday. I'm making arrangements and I'll keep you informed with what's going on. I'm still not sure how to handle things. Just know I love you and your dad. Do you imagine getting a text like that? Your father passed away yesterday and they're all like wait what what the fuck happened they try calling they try texting her she doesn't respond nothing they're like you can't just tell us her dad died and then ignore us like what is going on so it was like four hours later she finally responds and writes i'm sorry you're upset I'm upset too. I'm trying to get JJ ready for bed. I'm waiting to hear back from the medical examiner to make some sense out of all of this. Please be patient with me. It's a crushing situation all the way around. Ma'am. Is this bitch? She never tells him he was shot. And then she tells JJ's school that Charles committed suicide. What the She's mentally unwell. Clearly. What? What a crazy. What a loon. So then what does Lori do next? What, what they all do. Gets a new calls man. Calls his life insurance company. Oh, this Of bitch. course she does. This but guess bitch. what? They aren't paying. She's no longer the beneficiary on Woo! his account, on gotcha. his policy. Charles ain't playing no games. But guess what? What? She fucking texts Chad. I love that they show all of her texts. She fucking texts Chad and says, Charles changes insurance po- policy. It was probably Ned before we got rid of him. So she thinks the demon changed <sighs> it. <gasps> They can't tell me, of course, but it's done, and I'll still get four thousand a month from Social Security. Jesus. How much was this man making? Four thousand dollars a month. Wow. So then Chad 
Chad texts back, I love you. This is terrible, but it was probably another step in bringing down the the Gaddentons, G-A-I-D-A-N-T-O-N-S. Gaddentons? What does that mean? I don't know. It's like code words. Weird. So now Kobe said that after Charles was killed, Lori got even more crazier. I can't picture that, but apparently it happened. (laughs) She kept making it seem like people were after her and that they were her enemies. Eventually, she said she had a move, so she moved her family out of state. Colby's wife at this time had gotten pregnant, so he admits he was, like, not really paying attention to what was going on with his mom. He was kind of focused on his wife and his own kid at the time. You know what I mean? The Gadianton Robbers, according to the Book of Mormons, were oh. a secret criminal organization in ancient America. So they're bringing them down. Bringing them Bringing down. them down. So he admits, like... He had been a while before he had talked to Tylee and he hadn't really heard from her in a while. So he had sent her a text on September 24th on Tylee's birthday, this like long happy birthday message. And all she wrote back was, thanks, Kolbs. I miss you and or I love you in all lower text. And he said he thought it was weird because it didn't sound like it came from Tylee. Right. So we texted her like, hey, like, are you mad at me? Or like, what's going on? And she just gave a short answer like, no, I'm fine, whatever. So he called his mom and he's like, listen, what's up with Tylee? Like, she's like 14 at this point. Maybe she's just being like a moody teenager, whatever. And his mom just said, you know, she has a new life now. She has new friends. She's just busy. She's being a teenager. You know how it is. Like, whatever. So Colby thought it was kind of weird. And so he tried calling Tylee. And when he did, Tylee's phone had been turned off. (gasps) So now he's starting to get real worried about the kids. And Colby's wife started investigating Lori more to see what she could find. She started listening to all the podcasts that Lori was listening to. Okay. And then she remembered that Charles had been sending emails before he died that Colby had never read. Remember how he was like, I don't want to be part of the drama. You're so annoying. Whatever. And deleted them. Yeah. So they finally fucking read them and realize how fucking insane his mom was because they find a document from Lori in these emails labeled family history document. And in the document is each family member listed and next to their name is whether or not they are a light or a dark spirit. Colby's wife's name was on the list. She was listed as a three dark spirit. Of course she was. And then Tylee's name is on the list, <gasps> and she's labeled as a 4.1 dark spirit. No. Fuck, 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 fuck. And guess who sent her this email of the family history? Chad. Chad Daybell. Fucking Because Chad. remember how he claimed he could see people's light Past and dark lives. spirits? Yeah. He's the one who made that list for Lori. He went through Lori's family and sent her the list of light and dark. And if someone is dark, it means that their spirit is dead and their body is in limbo like a zombie. They're being taken over by a demon. And the only way to free the spirit is to kill the body. (gasps) Was the little boy a dark spirit too? Oh, no. So Chad wants all, and they refer to them as zombies. They call them in text like they say, like the zombies. Chad wants all zombies eliminated, and Alex and Lori were part of the mission to eradicate the zombies from Earth. At one point, Lori texts Alex and is like, bad news. And he's like, what's up? And he goes, our brother, meaning Adam, 
And Adam and Al says, like, what about him? She just responds with a Z, meaning he's a zombie, zombie now. So I guess now we have to kill him. What? Isn't this so crazy? This is so wild. So now, remember Lori's crazy friend at the beginning who was saying, like, she, like, the second coming of Jesus is, like, Julie Rowe or whatever? Yeah, 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 yeah. So now she's on screen again, completely dead-ass serious. Like, this bitch is, I feel like, almost crazier than the rest of them. She says the following. While I have no proof of this, what the Lord told me was that Lucifer told Chad that he and Lori were the Davidic king and queen who would start the church of the firstborn. But she knows, like Julie, knows that this is a lie because Christ will start the church of the firstborn, not Chad Daybell and not Lori. So now she's like pissed that they're trying to start a church and become this Davidic king and queen. Because she said that it's not them. It's the Lord that will do it. Okay, that bitch is crazy. She's crazy. And she said she knows that she works for the light side and Chad works for the dark side. She said Lucifer is the one talking to Chad, not God, and that Chad's vain and ambition and pride was going to get him. Wow, that's intense. Like, what is happening and why are they letting these people on TV? (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Okay, now let's remember this. Chad's still married to Tammy. Tammy's still alive. Cham- Tammy's still live- oh, like, living out there in the ether. Living out there with Chad as his as Chad's wife. So in 2019, Tammy arrives home to her house and a man in a ski mask is there and starts to shoot at her. But she's not hit and she runs out screaming and she calls for Chad. She says that Chad ran around the house, around the back, and, like, tried to talk to the guy in the ski mask, but the guy just, like, took off. What? So then he texts Lori and says, hello, my sweet angel. Big news about Tammy. Please let me, please let me know if you're awake so we can talk. I love you. But then he follows it up with another text that says, short version is that she's been switched. Tammy is in limbo and a level three demen- um demonic entity named viola it happened at 10 p.m <laughs> like this is so this is hard so to take serious crazy. because like what how can anyone think that this is real life okay but like also serious question what we both clearly have demonic spirits within us you and i yeah we're zombies sure. at this point zombie. for sure. yep what See. was your zombie name be do you think oh do you think mine is Morningstar Wimbledon and that's why I connect so well with her? <laughs> connect to that name? Maybe. I mean, I would probably say it's Beatrice because that's who came Beatrice. out while I was drunk. Yes. Beatrice. So, yeah. Beatrice would be my zombie name. Oh, my God. What would, it, what would her last name be? Something French. <laughs> Beatrice Van Cartier. <laughs> <laughs> I just like that he's like a level three demonic entity named Viola. <laughs> like what? <laughs> I can't. Where? So are then these he people? says, "My beautiful Lori, I'm trying to hasten her departure. <gasps> I love you." What? How crazy is this? Listen to me. October nineteenth, Tammy dies. 49-year-old healthy woman just passes away in her home. They say by natural causes. Okay. He put something in her food. Poisoned her. Like, legit. But she just said they never examined nothing. They just say it's natural causes. And he makes $430,000 from her life insurance. (gasps) What? So now Chad and Lori 
fully believed that the world was going to end on July 22nd, 2020. Little did they know. Spoiler alert. It didn't. (laughs) But all these people within like this podcast group that they have that they believe the world's going to end. Yeah. Like Lori and Chad are telling them that if you're married to each other, then like you'll be together for all of eternity. Like your souls are intertwined. So people in this in this group start marrying off like fucking rabbits. So like her her brother Alex marries another woman within the group. Her niece marries someone else. Like they all just start marrying each other within days of each other. They're all getting married. Now Kay, who is Charles's mom, okay? So Charles is dead. Kay is JJ's grandmother. She's been trying to get in contact with Lori to try to see JJ. She hadn't seen him for in more than two months, and she's, like, terrified. She's like, I don't know where he is. I haven't seen him. I haven't heard from him. I haven't gotten a call from him. So she calls the police to see if they can do a wellness check because she hadn't heard from him in months. But then she gets into Charles's email, and she finds that Lori had made a purchase with Charles's Amazon account. How do all these fucking people get into his email? I- I don't know Cameron's password. I don't fuck. No it's only can. Lori. Lori's the only one who's gotten into his email. Remember? And, and the mother. You just. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I don't know how. He must have had a really easy password. Right. And she finds that Lori had made a purchase with Charles's Amazon account for a ring. And she had it. This idiot. She had it shipped to the address that she's staying at. <laughs> so Lori's mom saw it and was like in. Gotcha, Re- bitch. In Rexburg, Idaho. Um, Remember where the safe place Jerusalem. would be? Jerusalem. So now Kay had an address. So she sends the police out there on November 26th to do a welfare check. Um, also, side note, they finally say JJ's full name, and it's Joshua Jackson, and now I'm obsessed. <gasps> obsessed. I was like, Pacey? Pacey winner. So the cops go to the address. They make contact with someone. Not Lori, but Alex Cox, her brother, is at that place. And really? Chad Daybell opened the doors. So the police tell them that they're there for a welfare check. They ask them if JJ was there. Guess what they say? Nope. Zombie. Dead. No, they don't say that. They say, no, he's he's in Louisiana with his grandmother Kay for a visit. Oh, really? Oh, really? The, that's exactly what the police said. They said, oh, really? Because they're, she's the one who placed the welfare check. Fucking morons. Wow. So they ask now where they could find Lori. And she was in apartment 107, which was her niece's apartment. I don't want to include that, but whatever. So now <laughs> it seemed like, but it, I think they said it because now it seemed like, like Lori's there. Her brother's there. Chad's there. Her niece is there. They were forming a small compound in this like apartment complex. Like everyone that was part of this group was all living in the same area. So the police are getting worried, so they asked for backup and to send out detectives to the apartments since they could not find JJ anywhere. They start interviewing Lori and asking who the people in the complex are. She says that it's her brother, Alex, and Alex's friend, Chad, who's an author. Mm -hmm. But the police are like, you mean Chad Daybell? Didn't his wife just pass away recently? And she was like, "Mm mm-hmm. But she says, I don't tell people the truth about where we are or where... Oh, what we're doing. People are always looking for me and I don't want to be found. I've done what I need to do in this life. I've raised my kids. I've made a good life and people just want to bring me down. What a weird thing to say. Very. Right? So they're like, okay, bitch, whatever. Where's JJ? And she says that he's staying with a friend of hers in Arizona, Melanie Gibb. 
Remember, she was the podcast mm-hmm. person? Yeah. So they call Melanie and she doesn't answer. And the cops in town, in her town, can't get a hold of her. So they go back to Lori and they're like, well, we can't get a hold of Melanie. So what now? Don't you care about your son? Wouldn't you want to get a hold of like the woman that's supposed to be watching him? Get a hold of her and call us immediately. So then we have a phone recording of Melanie being like, hi, Lori. Why the fuck did you tell police that JJ was with me? And Lori said, like, I just needed to have somebody that I wouldn't have or I just needed to have somebody that I could tell that he was with. But he's safe. JJ's safe. I just didn't want to tell, give up like where he is or his location. Lori says he's safe and he's really happy where he is. And Melanie's like, okay, well, that's good to hear. So Lori goes, look. I don't understand the intention of this phone call or if you're recording this for the police or what your intentions are, but I love you with all of my heart. And Melanie is kind of like, okay, like I appreciate those words, but if you really love me, you wouldn't have told the fucking police that I have JJ with me. That's not a friend. And so Lori's like, you know me, Mel. And then all of a sudden Chad's on the line and was like, you have to have faith, Melanie. And Melanie at this point was like, fuck both of you and immediately called the police and gave them a recording of that phone call. (laughs) <laughs> what? And got a restraining order. And I think Melanie was kind of like, you're in danger, girl, about Lori. Right? So the next day, the police get a search warrant to go back to Lori's ha- house. And the police in Idaho, like, I feel like they're not fucking around. Like, these police got a search warrant right away. They're going back in. They're pounding on the doors. What did they find? The entire house empty and she's gone. Really? Alex is gone, her niece is gone, and the children are nowhere to be found. Uh-oh. So now it's November 27th of 2019. The police were at Colby's house asking if he knew where the kids were, but they had no idea. That's when, like, um, Colby made that call, and Lori's like, calm down, I'll take care of it. Like, it's no big deal. But he keeps trying to call Tylee, but her phone's off. Okay. So now the Rexburg police in Idaho send out a bulletin saying that there's two missing kids and they're worried about their safety. This is when it became a national news story. And this is what I remember. Like, I remember these kids being missing and like. I don't remember what happened. All right. Okay. So now breaking news. What? Breaking fucking news. They exhume Tammy's body. Badass. What happened? But then wait. Just wait. Days after Tammy's body is exhumed, Alex dies. <gasps> they claim that he had blood clots in his lungs, which killed him. But like, mm. seems a little suspicious. A lot of people like to drop dead like, around Like a lot them. of people are dying around here. And so some people think that like Alex took the fall for everything and then he died. Like he's the one who killed Charles. Like, they uh, think that he probably killed Tammy. Like, you know what I mean? Oh. Uh, so now, the next thing we know. What? Lori's off in Hawaii marrying Chad. This fucking bitch. And let me tell you. What? Look at the fucking wedding photos. It is like, she's laughing on the beach while he's playing the ukulele. They're like, making out, in love. A pastor's doing the ring ceremony. Like Stop. Stop right now. Uh, it's insane. Look up Lori Vallow, Hawaii wedding. So I can't. So now the police then search the home of Chad Daybell. 
the home that he had shared with Tammy. And during the search, it resulted in a seizure of 43 items. On January 26th, the police locate Chad and Lori in Hawaii and serve them with court orders for a search warrant of her car. And at this point, she's like being followed by the media. And a reporter is like, Lori, where are your kids? Like no one knows where Tylee and JJ are still at this point. Yeah. And she says, no comment. And he's like, no comment. Honey, your kids have been missing for months. People around the country are praying for them. They're praying for you. And you say no comment. And she just keeps walking. Do you see the photos? These are insane. They're insane. So at this point, her children are missing. And those are the photos from her wedding. She's like doing the hula. Thank you. Oh, my God. So the cops now tell her, you have three days to cough up your kids. Which I think is wild that they even gave her, gave her like, three days. Her. Yeah. She had to produce the kids and bring them to authorities. She doesn't have them. Doesn't happen. So she's arrested and is brought back to her home state to face charges. So now the news get a hold of all of the photos from their wedding in Hawaii. Like this is right after Tammy dies while her kids are missing. And the, you saw them. They're like literally professional photos. Of the two of them on the beach, laughing, crying, getting married. tee and having a great fucking time. She has a green melanite ring on. It's the same ring she had ordered using Charles's fucking Amazon, Amazon account. This bitch. And the same ring she ordered while Tammy was still alive. <gasps> so when these photos got leaked, the world lost their goddamn mind. Like they were they like, should. where the fuck are our kids? You're out here partying in Hawaii. What the fuck is going on? So her trial starts and her kids are still missing and Lori refuses to aid them in trying to find them. Clearly they're dead. Right. By this time. Sure. Right. And in court, she's just like kind of smiling, walking like nothing's wrong. But here's my thing is Chad's still roaming free. Like Never he arrested. had nothing to do with it. Like he, why is he free? Good question. Especially now that she's married to him. Like wouldn't you think, okay, you're aiding and abetting. Where are the children? Well, he can't testify against her now. So that night, Kobe calls the jail to talk to his mom. And he's like, look, I, you know, I love you. That's why this is so hard. But you are not the same mom that I know. You're not the one that raised me. And she's like, really? I'm not? And he's like, I hope you turn your heart to the true Christ. I've always trusted you. I would have never thought you would have done something like this to us kids. And Lori just keeps reassuring him that the kids are fine. Where are they, bitch? So now her family, like her sister and mom, are thinking maybe she just hid them somewhere with people that she thought, like that are working for the church. Like she's trying to hide them so they survive. Part of this 144,000 people. Got it. Because she keeps telling her mom that the kids are fine, they're safe, and she doesn't, um, and that she has to trust her. I just think it's so wild that they believe her. Like her mom and sister went on TV shows and were like, the kids are fine. Lori says they're fine. She would never do anything to them. This is a witch hunt. That's crazy. After all the things that she said and been a part of or been around. So now investigators get access to Lori's iCloud account and they find a photo from December 8th of 2019, which is a picture of JJ, Tylee and Alex at Yellowstone National Park. The FBI and police are now asking if anyone who visited the park on that day to send them photos and videos that may help in their investigation because they believe it's the last known photo of the oh, kids. Oh, okay. Whereabouts, yep. The FBI, however, had Alex's cell phone and they used his data and his pings to trace his steps to Chad Daybell's property, 
when around the same time when JJ and Tylee went missing. And um, they have Alex's phone, which located him in the backyard of Chad's house for almost two hours. The police also had Tammy's phone, and they learned 14 minutes after Alex left Daybell's residence, Chad texted Tammy the following. Well, I had an interesting morning. I felt I should burn all of the limb debris by the fire pit before it got too soaked by the coming storms. While I did... Well, I did that. I spotted a big raccoon along the fence. I hurried and got my gun, and he was still walking on the wall. I got close enough that one shot did the trick. He is now in our pet cemetery. <sighs> so on June 9th, 2020, the police are back at the Daybell residence with a search warrant. They're digging in the backyard, and they have the canine dogs. Chad tried to take off during the search. Like he was at the residence and he tried to take off. Really? But the police got him and they finally fucking arrest this idiot. So human remains were found on his property near the fire pit at the pet cemetery. There was two sets of human remains. Mm. It was confirmed. It was the remains of JJ and Tylee. Fucking fox. So think about it. Those two assholes had that wedding after killing her two kids. kids. So on trial, they admit that they killed the kids because they believed that they were zombies. Okay, bitch. What? Straight to the electric chair. So on May 25th, they were indicted on charges of conspiracy to commit first-degree murder, first-degree murder, and grand theft by deception for the deaths of Tylee, JJ, and Tammy. Lori was charged with grand theft related to Social Security survivor benefits of over $1,000 allocated for the care of minors of Tylee and JJ that were appropriated after the children were missing and ultimately found deceased. Chad was charged with insurance fraud related to a life insurance policy that he had on Tammy Daybell for which he was the beneficiary and received funds for after her death. Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell are both currently incarcerated in Idaho awaiting their joint trial set to begin on January 9th, 2023. So they haven't even had it yet. Wow. It does not appear that either one of their beliefs have wavered as to what the, as to what that, what they did was wrong. So Lori says of Tylee and JJ, I've done everything to protect them their whole lives, as you know. I'm sorry that you don't fully understand the situation, but everyone will see it one day. They really, pleaded bitch? not guilty to all charges. Of course they did. They're fucking psycho. And they're facing the death penalty. Good. Both of them. There's a special place in the hell which I don't believe in for them. Isn't that insane? That was crazy talk. Crazy. I feel crazy. like that's one of the most crazy ones we've done. That was pretty wild. Now, I, now I'm going to watch the rest of it. Right? I really wasn't that like enthralled. And not. like, it's just crazy. Like, it was wild how, because they obviously have her phone. They show like all of these texts between her. So you can kind of see like her saying, he's a zombie. They have a dark side, a light side. Like, wow. All Religion. of these things. What's crazy to me is that like Charles tried to tell people. Yeah. Nobody and my listened. thing is, is like, what's also crazy is he never once tried to divorce her. He wanted, like, he kept saying, I want to help her. She's not the same person that I, like, I love her. He thought she was She's sick. She's crazy. Yeah. yeah, he thought she was sick. So I, like, feel bad for him. Well, now he's dead. But, like, you and I mean, yeah. like, if people had just listened to him. Note to self. Listen to your friend's husband. And husbands. then, like, poor fucking Colby, his brother and sister are now dead. His mom's in jail. 
Him and his wife are separated. <gasps> Poor guy. He was brought in for charges of sexual assault. Oh, not so all dropped. Oh. They were all dropped. But I don't know what it was. Like, I don't know the story behind it. Oh. I just saw some news articles about it that came out after the documentary. Oh, boy. So things are getting crazy. So we'll have to fill you guys in once the trial starts. Not we're too to far from that now. One. Follow it. That was a crazy one, a long one, a wild one. Let us know what you think. Jump in the Facebook group. It just makes sense. Facebook group. Join us on Instagram. It just makes sense. Podcast. You can follow me at Sam Smith says. You can follow me at Jeff Seif on Twitter. Also, little adjustment to the schedule. I know you guys get a little testy when we don't tell you. Next week, we'll be out on Thursday and Friday, not Wednesday and Friday. Okay, everyone can calm down. Hold on we tight. We still deliver every week. So this is really a shout out to Maggie O'Brien. You're going to have to wait. (laughs) Just one day. Thank you. Bye. Bye.